WBCA Radio is proud to present City Talk, where fascinating conversation is alive and well, with your host, Boston Radio veteran, Ken Meyer. Now and then you have a friend who, A, is one of the best friends you've got, and B, you also like him because of some of the things that he owns and is willing to share and does so in a pleasing manner. Stu Fink is one of those guys. And Stu Fink is going to start the show the way it should be started. Now, this is an introduction. This is the way you should start a radio show. And that's what we're doing. Ah, uh, yes. Those now you were, can continue with your intro. Those were great days at uh, WBZ and uh, great jingle package. Too bad they changed it. <clears throat> but, hey, change is inevitable in the radio business. And uh, I have asked Stu to come up with something and to keep us all happy and entertained for the next hour. And lo and behold, he has done exactly that. So I'm Stu, hoping I'm they gonna... find it entertaining. Uh, let me just preface this all by saying uh, this is a show that you and I did. I don't even want to say when back in the 1980s. <laughs> Uh, and we're doing it again. And we're not. We're, this is not a repeat of that show. We're actually going to recreate it. So it's it's not a depiction or a simulation. This is going to be the real thing. And we used to do a thing called the Rare Record Show. Remember those? Yeah, kids? we did. Yeah, oh, very well. Yep. And uh, we Saturday do... night, mm-hmm. we would do it. We'd go have a pizza somewhere first, and then <laughs> get to the radio station and or uh, a roast beef sandwich. Or a roast beef sandwich, and the way we would go. Yeah. So, we just had a roast beef sandwich, and uh, I picked up the check. So let's oh, get no, started. There's nothing new about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Actually, that is an unusual situation. Uh, um, I'm I'm speechless. I'm dumbfounded. I'm stupefied. Uh, we oh, haven't oh. done this. We haven't done this show in in so long. But a place we're going to start. It seemed to have meant a lot to a lot of people back then were spoken word songs. They had instrumental backings and you had a narrator and he told a story or he made a point. Uh, And these were so popular that we would seek out the artists and actually speak to them on the air about their records. Well, this was an artist we sought out, uh, uh, sought out. He was a well-known radio guy, so he wasn't too hard to find. He's from the Detroit area, from the other side in Canada, and his name was Byron McGregor. And oh, yes. this is the uh, the record that he's remembered for. The United States dollar took another pounding on German, French, and British exchanges this morning, hitting the lowest point ever known in West Germany. It has declined there by 41% since 1971, and this Canadian thinks it's time to speak up for the Americans as the most generous and possibly the least appreciated people in all the earth. As long as 60 years ago, when I first started to read newspapers, I read of floods on the Yellow River and the Yancey. Who rushed in with men and money to help? The Americans did. They have helped control floods on the Nile, the Amazon, the Ganges, and the Niger. Today, the rich bottomland of the Mississippi is underwater, and no foreign land has sent a dollar to help. And that was Byron McGregor. He was the news director at CKLW in Windsor, Ontario. But because it's right over the lake from Detroit, he's really a Detroit radio personality. 
as well. And he pressed that to record in 1973 during the heart of the uh, energy crisis. And oh, yeah. it became a big hit record. Uh, it was actually based on an editorial that a, a radio station owner on this side of the lake came up with, um, Gordon Sinclair. Was yep, a and was tired of the way the Americans were being portrayed on the world front. Uh, and he put this into an editorial. Byron McGregor heard it and turned it into a hit record back in 1973. I remember it well. I remember we used to play it. I remember Bob Raleigh played it. Uh, it was it was a great thing at that time. And I, I hope there are people that will remember that. And uh, as, so they, too. as they say in the trade, what else do we have on tap? That's what they say. Well, Americans was back in the 70s, around 1973, a year earlier. There was a former TV host named Les Crane, and he made a record, uh, a spoken word record, and it sounded something like this. It was rumored to have been written on an old church wall. We'll talk about that later, but first let's hear Les Crane. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and ignorant. They too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Now, this song was probably or about 10 or 11 or 12 years old by the time we started to play it. And it was it was clearly a bona fide oldie. And we played it on WBZ. And it was almost if as if they'd never heard it before. And uh, we would play this like at midnight on a Saturday. Yep. And we would be working in the office during the week and the phones were ringing off the hook. What was that song? What was that song? We're going to get that song. What was that song? Well, the song was called Desiderata. It was by Les Crane, who around 1965 had a very short lived talk show on ABC at night. And years later, he made a record called Desiderata, was rumored to have been a public domain piece allegedly found on the wall of a church. Well, it wasn't. It was a piece of prose written by a, a writer from Harvard University named Max Ehrman. Uh, and needless to say, his wife was totally thrilled when she found out someone made a hit record of a copyright which she owned, which Les Crane did not. And that yeah, was and you don't, you don't find that stuff, Les Crane told us. You don't find stuff like that anymore uh, or artists like that either, I don't think. No, you um, don't. You don't, so, um, but the whole concept of spoken word goes back to the 30s and 40s. There's nothing new about it, or there's nothing uniquely 60s or 70s 
about it. But uh, this one I'm playing, uh, if for no other reason, it's one of Ken Meyer's favorites. <laughs> From another TV talk host. His name was Wink Martindale. Ah. With African campaign, a bunch of soldier boys had been on a long hike. And they arrived in a little town called Casino. The next morning, being Sunday, several of the boys went to church. A sergeant commanded the boys in church, and after the chaplain had read the prayer, the text was taken up next. Those of the boys who had a prayer book took them out, but this one boy had only a deck of cards, and so he spread them out. The sergeant saw the cards and said, Soldier, put away those cards. After the services were over, the soldier was taken prisoner and brought before the provost marshal. The marshal said, Sergeant, why have you brought this man here? We're playing cards in church, sir. And what have you to say for yourself, son? Much, sir, replied the soldier. The marshal said, I hope so. For if not, I shall punish you more than any man was ever punished. The soldier said, Sir, I have been on the march for about six days. I had neither Bible nor prayer book, but I hope to satisfy you, sir, with the purity of my intentions. And that was not the only version of Deck of Cards. It was originally done by a country star, T. Texas Tyler. Sometime uh, during the World War II years, and then it became the Deck of Cards, the Red Deck of Cards. There was a version done in the 60s called the Vietnam Deck of Cards, and they kept updating the song every few years. But that was really the big hit record was Wink Martindale, where a soldier talks about how inspiration and faith for his life was provided by a deck of cards while on the battlefield. Isn't that a touching story, Ken Meyer? It's a great it's a great story. Not only that, but I have seen performances of him doing that live. As a matter of fact, I think on the Ed Sullivan show. That would it be was, a lot of lines to memorize. I hope they use a teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did back then. And uh, he did it with just as much sincerity as he was doing in that recording. I don't think you can ever beat a recording like that as far as the version of that song is particularly concerned. I've always liked that song. Well, that's why we played it. That's that's right. I mean, I had inside um, information and, and, you know, I shouldn't tell anybody this, but I happen to know. And it's something that very few people know out there is that one of Ken Meyer's favorite songs is Maury Amsterdam's The Yucca Puck Song. And that's huh. what, we're going to play it later. We're going to play it later. We're not going to play it now because we have another spoken word that talks about the amazing coincidences between President Kennedy and President Lincoln. This is a strange but true story which proves that history does repeat itself. And the events depicted here happened just 100 years apart. Both President Lincoln and President Kennedy were concerned with the issue of civil rights. Lincoln was elected in 1860. Kennedy was elected in 1960, 100 years apart. Both were shot from behind in the head. Their successors, both named Johnson, were Southern Democrats with seats in the Senate. Andrew Johnson was born in 1808. 
Lyndon Johnson was born in 1908, 100 years apart. John Wilkes Booth, the man that shot Lincoln, was born in 1839. Lee Harvey Oswald, the man that shot Kennedy, was born in 1939, 100 years apart. And for two minutes and 25 seconds, it highlights all the strange similarities between President Kennedy and President Lincoln. And it's a forgotten record. It was played in country circles and not so much here in the Northeast. His name was Buddy Starcher. And he was a country DJ and a TV show host. And that was his one shot at record stardom. History repeats itself. If our vinyl junkies listening want to go out there and try to find it, it's out there. You can find it. Unfortunately, we can't, <laughs> unfortunately, we can't play the whole song. But if we Unfortunately could, Unfortunately not. But it is rather eerie to hear all those coincidences that he brings up. And they are correct. Oh, it's historically, yes. Part. Historically, they are accurate. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. How about one of your favorites, Kenny? Okay. You I'll break her one nine. This here's a rubber huh? duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Uh, yeah, 10 4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10 4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. In the 1970s, CB radio was very, very popular. And part of that popularity were all the songs that came out about being on CB radio. And in late 1975, that went to number one. CW. I remember I remember taking a trip from the Boston area to Pennsylvania and we had a caravan of three cars and we all kept in contact <laughs> via CB radio. That was the most interesting trip I ever went on. You did CB radio as a youngster. Oh. I think you told me. I know I did. I did. Yes. How many yep. of our listeners out there did CB radio back in the day? Look at all That's those hands, Kenny. Wow, that many. Look. Wow. Yeah, look. Would you raise your hands, please? Raise your hands, please. Look at that one. That's more than I can count, Kenny. I didn't realize it was Cam that popular. As Larry Glick would say, camera one, can you get a shot of that? That's true. Larry Glick would say that. And we he knew Larry Glick, that. so we could... Uh, personally. Yeah, we did. Yep. We did. We knew him personally, and we knew him professionally, and we liked him both ways. We did. We, we did. did. He was... Unique in many ways. And now we've been on the air about 13, 14, 15 minutes. We're going to switch gears. We're going to go from spoken word. We could do a whole show on spoken oh, word. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, we've no had about that. done entire shows on show. spoken word. But now we're going to yep. go to some of the zany novelty songs that we used to play. We used to play them then. And for a few minutes tonight, we're playing them now. <laughs> One of Ken Meyer's favorites. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Julius LaRosa, and we hope you like it too. Sing it, Julius. Hey, compare, ci vuoi suonare, chi si suona, un friscaletto, e come si suona, un friscaletto, un friscaletto, tipiti, tipiti, And we all know the story of Julius LaRosa and Arthur Godfrey, and for those of you gathered around the campfire that have never heard it, Ken Meyer is going to tell you that story right now. Yep. And right after he, that was a hit record for him. And right after he sang it, uh, Arthur Godfrey said that was his last appearance on the air and wished him well. And his reason for firing him was because he thought that Julius uh, 
uh, lost his humility after he had come back from being in the Navy. And uh, Julius went on to have a great record career. And he was also a DJ in mm -hmm. New York City, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think that but, was a few years later. Yep. But he, uh, the, Godfrey always will be, unfortunately, associated with that, which I think was a big mistake. And I think maybe later on, they both regretted it. But uh, there is a recording available of him firing Julie right yeah. on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's too bad because that's a great song. The publicity, I think, helped Julius LaRosa more than it helped Arthur Godfrey. Yeah, and at that time, Godfrey was consuming an awful lot of airtime. Yes. Because he had both the radio and television show. Mm -hmm. And he had yeah. the Arthur Godfrey Talent Scouts, where he discovered a number of people that lasted a long time. And I'm talking about people like Pat Boone, most notably, mm -hmm. the McGuire sisters, mm -hmm. uh, the Cordettes, um, you name it. And Godfrey had them on the air. Yes, it was he did. a very popular show. Yes, he did. Very, very popular guy. Um, one of the real ubiquitous guys of, of like 1950s and early 60s television, so much so that Alan Funt used him as one of the early hosts of Candid Camera. Yep. Mean, he was just all over the place. Arthur yep, the first the first year that that show was on the air, Godfrey was his, I guess you could say, co-host. Mm -hmm, but right. after the first year, he didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, Fun did it with Durward Kirby. Durward Kirby, who I think worked out a lot better in the role. Oh, yeah. I think anyway, more we, were, to it. we were playing Julius, Julius LaRosa. Uh, who we know from uh, Arthur Godfrey and on the radio, but uh, we also know this guy also. Interesting guy, Phil Harris. Yep, he sure was. And a big hit record called The Thing. While I was walking down the beach one bright and sunny day, I saw a great big wooden box a-floating in the bay. I pulled it in and opened it up, and much to my surprise, ooh, I discovered a right before my eyes. Ooh, I discovered a right before my eyes. I picked it up. Did we ever figure out what that thing they was that he discovered? <laughs> he does that throughout I don't the think whole so. song. I mean, we but, were asking ourselves this 30, 40 years ago. I'm still asking myself. What the yeah. heck's he talking about? You know, right. I my I can remember my grandmother bought me that record on a seventy-eight. My mother hated that song, but my <laughs> grandmother my grandmother bought it for me, and of course, I played it all the time. And I had a chance to interview Harris at one time. Oh, you didn't knew ask, him, yeah. didn't ask him about that, but oh. I, he said something, and I said, Phil. I'm only 39. And he said, gee, I've never heard that before. And of course, he was referring to Jack Benny. Well, he was Jack always, Benny's friend. Yeah. He, well, he was not only Benny's friend. He was the band leader on the Benny radio show. And he also had his own show with Alice Faye, his wife. So Harris was a, a great performer. <laughs> and very, very funny and very talented. Very funny. Uh, he, he was also a very well-known episodic television actor in the 60s. When he wasn't making records, you'd see him on Ben Casey or Burke's Law or uh, some of the other TV shows of the day. He yeah, he did some, stuff with, did, did some stuff with Walt Disney as well. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't surprise very, me. Very, very talented. 
And uh, from what I could gather, just talking to him on the phone, very, very nice man. Well, we never figured out the thing. And here's another one. We never figured out. I still don't get it, Kenny. One morning when I was out shopping, though you'll find it hard to believe, a little blue man came out of the crowd and timidly tugged at my sleeve. I love you, I love you, said the little blue man. I love you, I love you to bits. I love you. He loved me, said the little blue man, and scared me right out of my wits. Now, if you look at the charts for back in the days, you will see that Betty Johnson had a whole bunch of records on the charts, 30, 35, 34. Well, this one made it into the top 10. Little Blue Man, Betty Johnson. That was a great, great record. My mother, it's funny, all these records you're playing, I remember them. And my mother bought that one for me. <laughs> oh, so the little blue man made a great appearance in our house. He didn't help with the housework or anything. Oh, well, they but, never uh, do. They never do. No, he uh, he occupied quite a bit of time in our home and uh, great recording that she did. Well, Love that song. A, that's a great memory. And I know this one is going to bring back memories to you also. Because you asked for it, Ken Meyer. This is for you. And the voice of Maury Amsterdam. Who you may remember from the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, yeah. When your ship comes in and life is a happy lot. But the man who's worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts creep up in a knot. <laughs> Where would we be without all those crazy novelty records from the 1950s and 1960s that provided hours and hours of endless listening from all sorts of crazy people like Maury Amsterdam, which is one of Ken Meyer's favorite songs of all time. Yeah, and not only that, but him as well. I Thanks to Mel Simons, uh, they both performed in the Catskills. And one Saturday night, I was able to talk with Maury for a good half hour. And very, very entertaining, very talented man. They always used to call him the human joke machine because anything you could say, he would come up with a joke. And I didn't find out until about a month ago that the Dick Van Dyke theme song had words. And Maury wrote the words to the Dick Van Dyke theme song program. Yeah, I, he, he did a speaking engagement once where he kind of, you know, went over the lyrics, but I don't think he ever recorded it. I don't think that was something on a record you could buy or find on an album or anything. No, like I don't it. think so. I think you're right. But uh, he was he was a very, very talented man. Very, very funny. Uh, in fact, they they wrote a show once because they were talking about bar mitzvahs. And Carl Reiner, who was, of course, the writer and mm -hmm. many will say was the genius behind the Van Dyke show, which he was, asked Maury when he was bar mitzvahed. Maury said he never had one. And Carl's comment was, well, you've got one now. And they wrote a, <laughs> they wrote a whole show around it, as a matter of fact, with an actual canter and uh, everything. It was a very moving show. Uh, I just watched it recently. 
And I liked it very much. It was a good show. And the Van Dyke show was a great program. Well, Maury Amsterdam's Yucca Puck is one of Ken Meyer's favorites. And you know what? This one is too. Yeah. And it's from Bob Lumen. In every other song that I've heard lately, some fellow gets shot. And his baby and his best friend both die with him, as likely as not. In half of the other songs, some cats cry, are ready to die. We've lost most all of our happy people living. I'm wondering why. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about playing. Now, if you listen to the lyrics of the rest of the song, which unfortunately yeah. we can't play, it, it, it really goes crazy how uh, we lost old Marty Robbins, Robbins. El Paso a little while back. Yep. And now Miss Patty Page, Patty Page one, of one of them, is, is wearing, wearing black. Kathy's yep. clown has Don and Phil where they feel like they could have died. If we keep on losing our singers like that, like that I'll be I'll the only, be one, the you only one you can buy. Yep. <laughs> I love that record. I, I did absolutely love it. I did a radio show with Michael Burns for uh, too many years, and that was one of our top songs. We used to play that all the time, and I would secretly, silently dedicate it to you. <laughs> nobody knew I that. I appreciate now. that. I appreciate that. That's a great song. My mother bought me that record, too. Well, here's another song your mother bought you. She was quite a mom. Song about Kenny. He lost his keys. All right, let's listen to a round of this from Paul Peterson. But she can't find her keys. Paul Peterson from the Donna Reed show. Yep. Because she can't find her keys. Now, I think she pulled some Elvis Presley records out of that bag. <laughs> Everything but the kitchen sink. They don't say anything about a roast beef sandwich, though, Kenny. Have you noticed? <laughs> I, uh, I had the chance to interview Paul Peterson once, as a matter of fact, and uh, talked about that record because both he and Shelley Fabray uh, had hit records and they used the Donna Reed show as did Ricky Nelson on Ozzy and Harriet to promote their recordings. Uh, and an interesting thing about Peterson, another record he did was called My Dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's I a perennial played, on Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also played that at my father's funeral mm. and and had the chance to tell Peterson that and how much I enjoyed it. And he runs a, an agency. I don't know the name of it, but he runs an agency now for uh, people who are out of work and child scars to keep them from doing Bad things thing. they should like commit suicide. Right. Uh, it's a, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a support. Well, let's look, that's, 
child stars didn't have a support groups for a very, very long time. Uh, and then yeah. Paul Peterson came along and realized what was happening to his former colleagues uh, and, and uh, put this group together, which he still runs. Yeah. And one of the people that he uh, that unfortunately he was not able to connect with and help save was Rusty Hamer, who was right. the yeah. on the Danny Thomas show and so, so talented and so funny. Mm -hmm. And um, when the show ended, last I knew he had been a truck driver in Tennessee um, and he just couldn't handle it, which yeah. was too bad, mm -hmm. too bad. Yeah. And there were too many stories like that about former child stars. So, yep, unfortunately, well, yeah, really put himself to work to try to correct that. Yes, he did. All right, we move out of uh, out of that for a while, and uh, now we're halfway through the show, so it's time to play Guess That Artist. Can you guess the artist? I know you know the song, but do you know who's singing it? Never made the charts, but you know this guy, even though he wasn't known as a singer. You tell me who it is. When the night has come. Now, Kenny, no cheating. I know you know. No, I don't, as a matter of fact. And the moon is the only light we see. Anybody know? You in the back? No, that's no, not it. <laughs> be afraid. No, I, I used to play this on the air as a name that artist, and very few people ever got it. It's been played since then, and it was actually part of a documentary not too long ago. So there's somebody out there that may know it. Ken Meyer, you want to take a shot at it? I, I have absolutely no idea who that was. I do remember that. I know the song. Well, like, yeah, I we all know the song. I don't know who that gentleman was, unfortunately. It was on Columbia so you... Records. It was produced by Sam Cooke. Ah. It was for an artist who really wasn't an art. Well, he was an artist, but not in, in the recording studio. He was an artist in the boxing ring. And this record is so old. Ah. It's under the artist's first name, which at that time was Cassius Clay. Wow. A.K.A. Muhammad Ali is one shot at recording stardom when he sang Stand By Me at the request of his friend, Sam Cooke. Oh, wow. I would have never guessed Muhammad Ali. Never. And that was a thing in the 1960s. Uh, uh, athletes. Yeah. Stars of the, of, of, the, of the playing field actually made records, and some of them did pretty well. Yeah. Yep. But I would never guessed Muhammad Ali. Now, who do you think this is? All right, sing. Now, I'll give you a hint. This artist knew Cassius Clay. And they were rumored to be planning a fight together, which never came off. Mm. Have you given up? Do you yep. know who that is? That's, nope. Will That's Will Chamberlain. You're kidding. Wilt the Stilt, huh? Wilt the Stilt had a had a had a pair of records back around 1960. Uh, and it actually and that... inspired other athletes to record. And some of them did. 
Yeah, I'm sure they did, but no, I would have never guessed Will. That's great stuff. I would have never guessed Will Chamberlain. Well, this is one I know you know, Kenny. And it was from okay. the Boston Red Sox. All right, Tony, say. And that was one of uh, Mel Simon's favorite songs. Tony Canigliaro of the Red Sox yep. and Little Red Scooter. Not the only record he had. He had several. Yep. And as a matter of we had Tony on the, the Glick Show one Monday night. Uh, he was at that time thinking about building a Holiday Inn in Israel. Uh, I don't think it ever came off, but very, very talented young man. Uh, great, great first year as a rookie. Uh, and and just so much stardom was predicted for mm -hmm. this kid in a tragic accident of getting hit in the eye. Now here's a question: Do you name? Can you name the pitcher who threw that fateful pitch? Anybody? Well, somebody in the back has his hand up. But why don't why don't you tell us? It was Jack Hamilton of the California Angels, as a matter of fact. See, I and he came. He came to visit Tony in the hospital, um, and Tony did attempt and made a comeback for a little while, but afterwards he just couldn't couldn't do it. And then he was rumored to be one of the contenders to be on the Channel 38 broadcasts and uh, suffered a heart attack on the way to the studio, mm. and it, it was just very, very tragic. Because he was, he had everything going for him, mm -hmm. and he just, just ended very tragically. Too bad. Canigliaro was with the Red Sox. Let's hear from some Celtics. They made a record. Sam Jones, Casey Jones, and Satch Sanders. Along with Al Vega and his band. That's crazy. Sam Jones, Satch Sanders, Casey Jones, the basketball twist recorded at the heart uh, during the heart of the uh, the twist craze. In the I remember. Days. I remember walking Satch Sanders to the studio when he was a guest on Calling All Sports. I never felt so small and <laughs> insignificant in my entire life as I did that night. Satch was a very tall man. Yes, he did certainly you, was. Did you ever eat at Satch's restaurant when it was in Boston in the early? He tried it. He tried a restaurant venue. No, I, unfortunately, I never did. But I, I, ate I there. it was where the Hard Rock Cafe is, I think, on Clarendon. Street oh, OK. Or, or something like that. But I, I remember meeting him and and it was just so great. And I, I never forgot that memory. I tell you, talk about being insignificant. That was it for me. Cause, well, man, he was tall. Standing with three NBA players, that's enough to make you feel small, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, they were absolutely. Boston guys. Sam Jones, Satch Sanders, Casey Anderson. Jones. All right. Now, Kenny, I want you to put your antennas up now, like my favorite Martian. My, Martian. Yeah, okay. Who is this? Okay. You tell me. I don't think you can do it. And I don't think our listeners know. But when I tell you, you're going to say, oh, my gosh. Who is it? Dear friend, between the innocence of babyhood and the dignity of old age, we find a curious creature with ball-bearing bones called a twister. Now, twisters come in assorted sizes, weights, and shapes, but all are recognizable by a slightly uplifted shoulder and a disjointed vertebrae. Twisters aren't found everywhere, only on top of, underneath, inside of, swinging from, and running around a jukebox. Mothers wonder about them, aunts and uncles pretend they don't know them, employers won't insure them, and chiropractors love them. A twister is a composite. He has the agility of a contortionist, the energy of a hyperthyroid kangaroo, the imagination of Rod Serling, and the shyness of Chubby Checker. He likes crowded dance floors, heavy-handed drummers, Joey D. sweatshirts, and neurotic disc jockeys. Talk about esoteric references. Catherine Murray, a he just gave a hint right there, a neurotic disc jockey. All right, anybody idea? Yep. Anybody know? Yeah. You do. If, I, I, have, if yeah. I have to take a wild guess, I would say... Carl DeSouz. Who else spoke like that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody. Carl Very... DeSouz at WBZ Radio at the time was so taken aback by the whole twisting craze. He did a record called Soliloquy on the Twist, credited on the WBZ 1030 record label. Very few yeah. people that was exact. friend of mine used to own a record store, uh, and this is 30 years later found it lying around his record store and gave it to me. And so I'm able to play it on the air today. But when we were doing those shows back then, I didn't yeah. have a record. I didn't know. We never played that on BZ. I never had I, it. And I Carl never say, talked about it. Carl never talked about that. Hmm. I, I will say that Carl DeSouza was one of the nicest people I have ever known in the uh, DJ or, or radio business. I, I had to wake Carl up every morning. At four thirty in the morning. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and it was always so much fun because when <laughs> Carl always answered the phone, he sounded like he was never going to make it. You know, he's hello, Kelly. <laughs> but I say, god, dear boy, I say, dear boy. He would say, he showed up dear every boy. day. He did. He used to drive Larry Glick crazy because Carl would walk into the studio like thirty seconds before airtime, cue up a record. And and start the show and sound like he had been there for hours preparing for it. Emperor and Hudson uh, was Emperor Hudson was the same way. Carl, I never knew Hudson. Um, I listened to him on the air, of course. But Carl, I got the pleasure of knowing for all the years that he was at BZ. In fact, he and I both share something rather significant. We both left the station on the same day. Did so, that happen? Really? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Okay, it was I a remember. Friday. Yeah. It was a Friday. It was in November. And uh, we both, that was our, both our last day Holy at cow. WBZ. Oh, but my he God. Was a, he was a wonderful man. His daughter, as a matter of fact, uh, either called or was a guest with Morgan White uh, a couple of months ago. 
and she is still in the business. And I met her at a Hall of Fame luncheon several years ago. And uh, just like Carl, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. Great memories. Great memories from Carl D'Souza's radio personality. Here's one of the more unlikely of the recording stars, Boston City Councilor. Oh, my gosh. Dapper O'Neill. A record he made with his friend Rick Tinnery. We can hear a few more seconds. All right, Dapper, take it home. Now, I don't want to bring politics into this show, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say there'll never be another Boston city councilor like Dapper O'Neill. And that's, that's Ab- the only thing I'm just going to say on the topic. Absolutely. He was a nice man. Matter of fact, I did a spot for him when he was campaigning. He asked me to do a commercial for him, and I did. Uh, when I was stuck in the hospital for a while in the 80s, he came to visit me. He took my parents out to dinner. And, that's uh, dapper. That's dapper. That's dapper. He, uh, I, there has never been and never will be uh, a city councilor like Dapper O'Neill. And that's something that the average person didn't know about Dapper O'Neill is he always had restaurants tucked away here, there, and anywhere. Wherever you ran into Dapper, oh, come on, let's, and he'd take you into a place. Yep. And, and and everybody knew him and had pictures of him on the wall. And he was just, uh, he wasn't a loved politician. He was a loved human being. People just absolutely adored him. Yep. I, 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 he was very nice to me and my parents. And uh, he came to visit me in the hospital one Sunday and I brought a bottle of wine and a pizza, and we all had a party, as a matter of fact. Oh, at, God bless Sp- him. At Spalding Rehab. And a uh, good guy. And he, I'm sure, is still missed by people that know who he is and who he was. Oh, no question. And, no question. And what he meant, what he meant to Boston. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. memories, too. Great memories. Carl DeSue's from radio. Dapper O'Neill from politics. And now... Oh, watch out, Kenny. We're going to have Stampede. Hi. This was somebody we both knew from a TV show that he had for a very long time. Yep. Sing it, Rex. Hoofbeats, 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 found across a prairie wide. Hoofbeats, 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 ride, cowboy ride. Covered wagons were rolling out along the trail on the way to the golden west. The engines were raiding them until they heard the hoofbeats of the cavalry's bird. Of beats, of beats, of beats, thunder across a prairie wide. Of beats, of beats, of beats, ride, cowboy ride. From his TV show Boomtown, youngster Boomtown, yep. Rex Trailer. Yep, when I was at BZ, Boomtown was just about ready to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, I came to BZ in 71. And he, uh, I think, got involved with a production company out in Waltham, Massachusetts. And uh, I ran into him a lot when we used to do Radio Classics live uh, at Massasoit College in Brockton. And a nice, nice man. Unfortunately, I was not here when he was in his heyday. But again, 
he is and was a, a legend uh, to be recognized by everybody who knew him, had the highest respect for him and me being one of them. And I was never on Boomtown. Morgan White was. Morgan White was. I know. He's got a picture of it somewhere. Yeah, something, they I, didn't, something they don't mention about Rex Trailer. Everybody mentions Boomtown and the um, and um, the TV show and everything that he did, the trips overseas. But very few people ever mentioned, and a lot of people didn't know, he was a well-known college professor in the Boston area. And that I didn't a, know. A lot of people, myself included, got their start and were able to harness their talent uh, because Rex Trailer had our back and was watching us and advising us. And just because you finished with him in the classroom doesn't mean you were finished with him. He was on call to you the rest of your life. And I wish it, I had known him back then. Yeah. I well, you didn't know him because I knew him while you were, while you were um, because you were one of the people that yeah. the kids in the colleges used to talk about, Kenny Meyer on WBZ. So I knew you uh, before I really knew you. And then after <laughs> you picked up the first tab for lunch, I said, oh, I'm going to like this guy. <laughs> Can uh, we play those... a few TV themes? Sure. I'm looking at the clock. We're running out of time. We got a lot to play. And since Rex Trailer was from Boomtown, which was a TV show, I'm going to play another hit record from another TV show about a man named Jed from Lester and Earl. I've been listening to my story about a man named Jed. And the unusual thing about it is that the hit record was the actual song from the TV show, which didn't always happen. Because when you bought that record of a TV show, you wanted it to sound exactly like yeah. on the TV. And that yep. one did. Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs, Ballad of Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. Beverly Hillbillies. Which was, which a, was a show record. I never got into. Never liked that program for whatever reason. I can't tell you. I just never liked it. Well, it was Even a popular hit record. And it was a popular TV show, too. It was a popular TV show. Now, here was a not-so-popular uh, um, theme from a not-so-popular TV show, but I love it. It's my favorite. Now, I'm going to play it. And that's Count Basie. Ah. Uh. And it's from a TV show called M-Squad. M-Squad. Which ruled in the late 1950s with Lee Marvin as Chicago cop Frank Ballinger, and as far as I'm concerned, he put the dragnet staff in their place because <laughs> there wasn't a, a case that Ballinger couldn't crack. And you know what? I've always said, you know, the fugitive and the whole thing with the one-armed man who supposedly killed the guy's wife and they don't find it out till four years later. Yep. If Lee Marvin, Lieutenant Ballinger, was on that case, that would have lasted have found one, one episode. One episode, that's, <laughs> they wouldn't have had a four-season show. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, I read in a biography of Marvin, he did not like doing TV series. So he only did that one for three years and that's then right. said, that's true. No more. And and no he would more. never talk about it. The rest of his life, you never heard him. You never heard Lee Marvin talk about M-Squad. Oh, yeah, and I liked it, too. I hear another theme, Kenny. What's this? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, look. Kenny, look out the window. There's a Batmobile pulling up. 
It must be the theme from Batman. Batman. Imagine that. How All do you right. like that? Cue the chorus. Adam West is probably driving it. It is. He was at BZ once, had a chance to meet him briefly and, and say hello. So uh, I did get to meet Batman. The world was so Batman crazy in 1965, I think, when that show went on the air. Was it 65 or 66? Somewhere around that. Yeah. Somewhere that, around there. But that whole, that initial run, that first season, it came on midseason. The whole world was Batman crazy. And you know what? They had they had guest stars. They had everybody. Oh, they, they did. Had Art, they, they even did. had Art Linklater. Oh, if you, if you were in Hollywood at the time, you know, everybody was calling their agents, get me on Batman. And a lot of them did. I mean, they had everybody from Zsa Zsa Gabor to yeah. Werner Klemperer playing Colonel Klink, which was his handle from Hogan's Heroes, to uh, Jerry Lewis was on there. Um, oh, wow. There, there, there are, you can find them on the internet. There are um, collectors out there and fans who've put together videos, which is easy now with YouTube, of every obscure... Uh, appearance uh, by uh, artists you weren't expecting, stars you weren't expecting on the Batman show. And it's fun I, stuff. I still, still have a hard time imagining Art Linkletter on the program, but I know he did make an appearance. He did. He did. Now here's a popular hit record from the 70s that was based on a TV show. Mike Post, he was a guitarist. And he did a song called The Rockford Files. <laughs> And it was just like what you heard on TV, which was what made it so great. Show is still on the air. Show is still on the air. Yeah. Thank goodness it's, there are still stations like that that show that kind of those kind of programs. It's, it is on Get TV. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, great entertainment television mm -hmm. uh, every night. So great show. Yeah. No question. Yep. I know we're running out of time. I want to play as much as I can. This is actually one of Morgan White's favorites about a radio station in Cincinnati. <laughs> Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. Popular show in the 70s and 80s, and a record you could buy in the store. Steve Carlisle with the theme from. WKRP in Cincinnati. Great stuff. This is Mike Post once again. He did the Rockford Files a few years earlier. And a few years wow. later, he had the theme from Hill Street Blues. Very yep, popular the TV show and very popular record. They still watch the TV show. Let's play the record. Nice song. Yep. I understand that, again, the show almost got canceled, but listeners helped save it. Yeah, that always helps viewers. And this is theme from Taxi, actually a song called Angela, Bob James. And you're listening to the smooth sounds of Ken Meyer. <laughs> 2.9 FM, Boston. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a song that Norm Nathan would have played when he used to do sounds in the night. Oh my gosh. Yes. I used to love those shows. Yeah. He would have played that song. 
Fun stuff. Yep. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Let's let's see if I can do a couple more TV themes. Let's see what we got here. 1976, the bicentennial year. Pratt and McLean had a song on Reprise Records. I think it was Reprise. And you know, I just found a book the other day written by Henry Winkler. Oh, yeah. He was on yeah, a speaking I, tour with that book. I didn't get to see him, but uh, he was in town talking yeah. about that book. That was Happy Days, and that spawned a, uh, what do you call it? A spinoff. Thank you very much. I, I don't know. Why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I love this song. I used Laverne to play this Shirley. song. Cindy Greco. That's right. It was a fun time. I mean, you know, we had records that were that were uh, TV commercials and TV themes. And, uh, you know, we always had great, great fun uh, listening to them. You know, speaking of TV commercials, this was from Clark's Tea Berry Gum. Ah. From the South of the Border album, Herb Albert and the Tea. Herb Albert. Yes. Mexican Shuffle. Yep. I this saw is why Herb Alpert collecting perform. such fun. You could get that kind of stuff. Saw Herb Alpert perform in person once. Uh, I won two tickets in a contest that BZ Radio had. Oh wow! Very got, nice. to, got to got to see him perform. Great I show. Like, I'd like to see him myself. All right, we're not going to mention the product, but we can hear the song if anybody can remember it. <laughs> When you say Ken Meyer, you've said it all. You think of Ed McMahon. That's right. Well, he liked the stuff too, didn't he? He sure did. That's a fun song. It's called You've Said It All from a popular beverage, which we are not going to talk about on the air. And speaking of popular beverages, this was from another fun product. I'd like to build the world. Yeah. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking we are running out of time. This is an appropriate song to play last because when you say Ken Meyer, you've got the real thing. <laughs> Yeah, we have some of it in our refrigerator downstairs. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. I knew you did. Stu, we, we have to do this again sometime. I got tons uh, of stuff well, we haven't played, and uh, I, I can't believe I've still got, if we sat here, I could go for another two hours and play more cuts, and we could tell more stories, and hopefully and sometime we will. I oh, will definitely have you back again, um, because this is always great stuff, and I'm sure it brings back memories to a lot of people of, as they say, a bygone era, and there's nobody that has it better and can capture it better, I think, than you. Well, that's nice of you to say. We used to do shows like this uh, a long, long time ago, and I hope some of your listeners uh, um, enjoyed it and got something from it and didn't listen to it and shake their heads and saying, what the heck are these guys talking about? <laughs> 
uh, I hope we triggered some memories and some and 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 got some giggles from our listeners. Well, I know you got plenty from me, Um, but it's it's always great having you on, both because of that and because of the friendship that that you and I have had for so many years. It's great to be both of us in front of a microphone together. I really enjoy it. It's good that we were just as close off the air as we were on the air. So that's right. Those hamburgers uh, are still waiting. I'm I'm waiting. Just uh, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you, Ken Meyer. I love you. I feel the same way about you. Give my best to Pauline. And folks, that'll do it for another edition of City Talk. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to another great conversation with Ken Meyer and friends. You can contact Ken by email. The address is kjmeyer7 at gmail.com. That's K-J-M-E-Y-E-R-7 at gmail.com. Tune in next time for more conversation with Ken Meyer on City Talk.